0: Mike, we are joined by Peter Licarinas for this episode. I've been waiting to get you on, Pete. Good to catch up always, but really looking forward to talking to someone that deals with property investing experts all the time on exactly what's going on with the market.
1: I think an investor wants to work with someone they can trust. Um, I think an investor wants to work with people with experience. Um, I think that's what myself, my businesses, and my team can offer in abundance. Um, We're not looking to work with 100 investors we're looking to work with two or three serious investors at a time that want to be in it for the next 10 years. Yeah, That way we can give them a better service, we can give them better deals, we can build trust um, and they effectively can become a client of ours for life, but in return they get longevity and they get to work with potentially one business that can build their portfolio for the next decade and achieve all their dreams and aspirations that they wanted to in the first place i've recently
0: noticed your instagram following is over 120,000 people now you know mainly property investors so first of all how are you and then let's get stuck into that convo um
1: i'm I'm amazing thank you very much it's great to be back feels like it's been a while over a year i think yeah so a lot's changed in the market Um, So yeah, really keen and really looking forward to talking to you about it all.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Mike, I know you've got a couple of key questions. So do you want to lead us off with kind of general property investing chat? I know you had a question around sourcing, first of all. Yeah, so we obviously
2: did our pod last week and we talked about landlords leaving the market and landlords retiring at the the pace of about 100,000 a year. So there's a new generation of people who need to replace those you look after and you work with a lot of landlords. So it's a case of finding a property for them. What are we looking for? What are people looking for now? And what do you do differently?
1: I think that's a really good question. We get probably up to 40 or 50 leads from different types of investors every month, mainly from social media and our websites. And the truth is it's all about diving deep into the world of the investor and looking at what they want to achieve. Some people are looking to add value to properties, force capital and flip them, make quick money. Some are looking to get income um, and create um, income so they can retire from their jobs or they can go down to two or three day work in weeks. Other investors are looking for both. Other developers, investors are looking for bigger profits over a longer period of time. So I think in answer to that question and why we're unique in what we offer is we like to deep dive deep into what the investor wants and then go out and source specifically for them so i guess sourcing vaguely can be done badly but if you do it specifically and you tailor it around what that investor wants um then you can go away and you can work on a plan and go go and find it
0: Um, do you you think the the flips you know you mentioned that as the first bit where people want that quick win it's not easy money it's bloody hard money to to, (laughs) to find a flip but it probably almost it was really, really hard the last two years to find yeah. those, but they seem like they're sneaking back in. You look at a few and you think, that's a good buy. You know, that could that could be flipped, but not as easy as it was a 10, 10 years ago. But it, are they coming back round? Are you finding more?
1: We are, we are. It's different. If you're in a, the best time to flip a property is obviously in a rising market, because even if you make a slight mistake, you're still likely to make money because you've got the comfort of the market going up yeah. so if we're in a market like we are now where it's a good market despite what the press say because they don't know what they're talking about and just dis- d- despite what a lot of people are saying it is a good market but i would call the market at the moment stable mm. um so providing you buy the right property you can get it from a motivated seller where you may be able to get it a little bit below market value um, because you're a reliable buyer mm-hmm and you can see the potential to add value in that, whether it's extending it. It's amazing how much money or value can be added by purely turning a front garden into four parking spaces. That's 20 grand worth of value right there. Yeah. And if you've got three or four different hot patches within a property that you can add value, then yes, you're, you're adding up to a hundred grand value in a property, so you can still flip properties. Personally, I think the best strategy in today's market is probably finding an investment like that where you can add value, holding onto it for a period of time and then flipping it. So- Or refinancing it. Or refinancing it it and going again and then potentially flipping it later on. So I I think there's a combination of two or three different strategies that you can combine together that work really well in today's marketplace. So by buying, adding value, forcing capital, getting. Below market value, but still a good enough deal for the seller to be happy, Um, holding on to it, getting high rents and then taking money out and going again.
0: Mm -hmm. Should we just touch base on your investment companies for people that are listening and watching? So in terms of how you like to work with investors, you mentioned social media channels and, you know, I know you've got a huge following, lots of interaction there, which is awesome. But in terms of the website and things like that, what what's the what's the reason for an investor to come to you and utilise your expertise?
1: I think an investor wants to work with someone they can trust. Um, I think an investor wants to work with people with experience. Um, I think that's what myself, my businesses, and my team can offer in abundance. Um, we're not looking to work with a hundred investors. Mm we're looking to work with two or three serious investors at a time that want to be in it for the next 10 years. Yeah. That way we can give them a better service. We can give them better deals. We can build trust um, and they effectively can become a client of ours for life. But in return, they get longevity and they get to work with potentially one business that can build their portfolio for the next decade and achieve all their dreams and aspirations that they wanted to in the first place. So, Um, For for me, um, the way we work, we want to work with less people, but we want to work with the best investors. We want to work with the people that understand it's not a get rich quick scheme. Mm. It's a get rich over time scheme. Um, We want to work with ethical investors that want to do it right. They want to produce the best best buy to lets, the best developments, the best co-living projects that they can. Um, So the tenants out there can enjoy the properties as well. It's all about a win-win for me all along the way. A win for the seller, a win for the investor, and a win for the tenants. Mm-hmm. And if you can provide a solution to all three of those, which is better than anyone else, then it's, it's surely a sustainable win-win for everyone.
2: I think sure. that's massively how the lettings market has changed specifically mm. is that tenants are now paying for a service. They're not paying to rent a house or to rent a room because rents have risen to such a level. They're now expecting a. More of a service like a hotel or an Airbnb, that if something goes down, it needs to be fixed right away. And it actually needs to be the nicest house on the street, not fifteen years ago, where you could drive down the street and say, Oh, that'd be the rental then, the one that hasn't been painted for 10 years. It's very much a big change, isn't it? In 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 what people expect.
1: I completely agree. And I think that's why you guys work well with investors, will work work with businesses like us and why you're ahead of the competition because You understand the changes in the market and the gaps in the market. And tenants now want the best accommodation. Like you say, in the best areas, they want the best level of service. The management of the tenancy is almost as important as the the tenancy and property itself now. Um, and also where a lot of people go wrong is the furnishing of property. People still think tenants don't want furnished properties. They do. They just don't want pure poorly yeah.
0: um, leftovers. furnished property. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want leftovers, do they?
1: Um, and they want convenience. They're not buying the house. The longevity of them could be 12 months, 15 months. It could be three years. But on average, let's say 12 months. They don't want to be going into a property, have the stress and the burden and financial um, burden of um furnishing a property that they might move out of in a couple of years' time. Yeah. Um, they want convenience. And convenience doesn't just stop there. Um, I think from my own experience, the biggest complaints, the biggest level of complaints we've ever had is because of Wi-Fi. Poor Wi-Fi. Really? Wi-Fi going down. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's unbelievable. So we make sure that um no expense can be spared on that. We have the best business Wi-Fi available in a property. We have boosters where needed, and we have cat six in every part of the house and every room, twice in a room, once behind the television and also behind the desk. So if 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 it is if they're all on it at the same time, they can just plug straight in. Yeah. Um, and the Wi-Fi is not jeopardized. So yeah, it's all about service, it's all about convenience, and it's all about quality now. But if you provide those three things, if the investor buys into that their rents are going to be 25% higher. So it is a win-win situation.
0: And their void period is going to be reduced or or at least the turnover of the tenancies is going to be much less. Last time you came on, you were talking about a property, I think it was in Bracknell, that um, it had six rooms, uh, HMO, and it was kind of the occupancy rate was, it blew our minds in terms of (laughs) how long. And I think you just celebrated a tenant that had been there a certain amount of time. Is it still the same in terms of that part of the market?
1: You wouldn't believe this. <clears throat> I'm glad you said that. That property was in a place called Great Hollands in Bracknell. And we're celebrating over four years with the same six tenants in. Wow. It's unbelievable. And some people would say that's not one of the most desirable areas in, the, in Bracknell, but it's the most desirable property in that location available. Um, and the rooms are reasonable and we've 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 got a zero percent void over four years, it's quite remarkable. And over all our portfolio and everything that we're doing, we're proud. I, I don't think we are very much ever under 95% occupancy with any of our properties. And the national statistic for HMOs, um, I, I don't like that word, but HMOs is probably around 73, 74%. Mm-hmm. Um so it just goes to show again, going back to what Mike alluded to. Do it properly. Give good service. Tenants won't want to leave you.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of value going full circle into <clears throat> your business and the support that you can offer. When we talk to a lot of investors that are probably at the first point of becoming landlords, the new season ones that we're talking about. We we did a podcast about the retirement age and the fact that um, from a generational point of view, a lot of people are hitting retirement and selling the portfolios. But there's this new group of people coming through. But I do find they lack a bit of confidence often. And when you're talking about 100 grand or, you Mm -hmm. know, if you've got 150 grand to invest, it's quite scary doing it on your own when you haven't known. So I think that's something that probably is great for you. I guess the, the type of people that you're not dealing with are these people that have spent 100 hours on TikTok. They got 10 grand in the bank and they're like, right, I'm ready to quit my job.
1: <laughs> well, fun, funny you say that. We I used to I used to run a networking event, um, and we used to get over a hundred people a month attend. And <clears throat> it depends which way you look at it, but I would honestly say 90% of those people that go to a lot of these networking events are looking for something free. Mm. They're addicted to learning, they go in there because they're lonely, um, or they think property investing is a get rich quick scheme or they're just investing their time and money into training. And that can be good. Uh, I think everyone should get educated. I think everyone should find mentors and people to work with. Um, But it's very easy to get sucked into that world. And then all of a sudden, the small amount you had to invest has gone on training and you're more confused coming out of that environment that you are when you went in there. So my, my advice is to find people like me Work with the limited agents that understand property investing like you guys, where a new investor could come to you guys. You can handhold them, help them source, you can help them rent, and you can also offer a one-stop solution for a new investor. Um, Because I think a lot of the agents out there still don't understand the importance of helping and working and nurturing property investors. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where the market is changing. I think the savvy estate agents are realizing that they should be working with investors to um, educate them. It's a, it's a win-win situation. And um, I just wish I could help more. Mm. Um, we we have a team of people that talk to everyone that registers with us, everyone that inquires. Um, we'd like to be able to point everyone that registers with us in the right direction, um, if they're not the right fit for us. Um, but as I, said, as I said earlier, we've never been busy. There's more people Wanting to invest than, than ever before. And that's because clever people realize that when everything isn't straightforward, it's the best time to invest. For, for me, there's never been a better time to invest in property than last year, apart from today. Yeah. And before last year, the year before that. Yeah. Um, and it's people that sit on the fence, unfortunately, that missed the boat.
0: Well, we, I saw the stat from Zoopla a couple of weeks ago. It said uh, on average house prices in the UK are 1% lower than they were in October, 2022. So, you know, there's, there's what, seven months, six and a half months in that. And that's the big difference is 1%. But apparently if you look (coughs) at what you said about the media, they don't know what they're talking about. If you look (coughs) at the news, the world has imploded in the property market for six months. It just hasn't.
1: What what people forget is eight years ago, when we were working with um, investors on HMOs, co-living projects, the interest rates, which we still think were reasonable, were 8%.
0: They
1: were 8% for HMOs. And people were still successfully investing in them. They were still successfully having good yields, making great profits. And then, yes, they did come down to you know your your low freeze, but um, and they went back up to, to fives and sixes. But at the moment, you're looking at fours. Interest rates of around four percent for co living HMOs and great great creative developments. That is low. Yeah. Lending is low. Yeah. It's
2: interesting that that's roughly the <clears throat> same level that you'll see for residential purchases and normally a specialist lending is going to is going to carry a premium.
0: We get we get the mortgage rates of the week come through and what's been really interesting the last like 3 weeks I've been watching them and the residential rates are just slightly creeping back up a little bit only by you know 0.5 uh, 0.05 0.1 but the buy to let rates are being coming down yeah. And the buy-to-let rates now are kind of almost getting towards three and a half in some cases, you know, 3.6 something. But the residentials for the same fixed term and the same loan-to-value are higher. And you've got to think that the banks are looking at that thinking, well, we're happy to lend money to investors on buy-to-let deals more confidently than we are in the residential first-time buyers that are in the market. I guess the question is why?
1: I think that's pretty simple. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... If you're invested in property and you're a serious investor, that means you've got an element of success behind you. It means your financial and your credit history is probably going to be pretty high. It means you're surrounded by wealth. And surely mortgage companies, banks, um, these are the people they want to be working with mm. because there's less risk. Yeah. And if, if they do a good, give a good service, if they give a good rate, they're going to continue to invest. So that's why, because these people have the... Like they're the best type of client that a bank wants, and banks have to make money. It's as simple as that. And when rates go up and they start losing money, we've seen it over the last 20 years. It doesn't last long, does it? Yeah.
0: yeah. And then the rate, rates are lowered. They're competitive. <clears throat> They've got targets to hit. They want to make money. They want to lend money to make money. And it makes total sense if you're looking at a CV for a candidate in reality for a job. And let's look at the bank in that analogy looking for a, a buyer or an investor the CV for the investor looks a hell of a lot stronger than the first-time buyer CV. So maybe that's why they're happy to offer a better deal for an investor.
1: Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And and let's be honest, I don't think, I alluded to it earlier, there's been a better time to buy than now. We, we're going out to properties. Um, we're viewing probably, we we're viewing up to 40 a, a week. We're not anymore across Berkshire and Surrey, probably about 20 a week. But every property we view, we're taking seriously. Um, Every offer we make, providing we don't insult the seller or the agent, we're taken seriously. So for me, there's more opportunities. There's better opportunities because we provide a good buyer, Mm -hmm. um, the best buyer. Um, If we are 5% below market value, 10% below market value, if the development's right, we're taken seriously. So for me, I don't think there's been a better time to buy property for property investors. The agents are happier. We're happy. I'm getting more calls from agents than ever before. Um, I'm a loyal guy. <clears throat> I tend to work with the similar agents if I can. I tell them what our requirements are and they will go away like you guys. We completed on one last week with you guys and you'll go away and find it for us. So we're sourcing, but you're, we're sourcing in partnership with you. Mm. That's the thing. It's a collaboration. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important in the property market is working with the right people, collaborating with the right people and building friends, building a network. Um I think gone are the days I remember when I was an agent and uh, an investor would come in, talk to you like shit, um, <laughs> expect the world, give nothing back, um, be unpredictable, be unfamiliar, um, not rewarding, don't look after the st- staff, don't look after the agent. Well, those investors aren't going to get any, they're not going to get far anymore. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's given the agents an element of respect because if they're good agents, experienced agents like you guys, you know what you're doing then you know the investors need to look after you guys as much as you look after them
0: i think we're all a team in it aren't we i think yeah. that's that's where the industry is for the last couple of decades not really understood that we all need each other and the stronger that little network is we talk about power teams a lot on this but the stronger that network is the collaborations are it's the better for everyone and the person in the middle is the investor or the seller or the tenant and they get a better result out of having everyone communicating strongly. So I think it's a great point raised, you know, there's a lot of value in building that power team of trust around you. What's, um, Within your your team setup, I'm sure a lot of the investors have their own accountants, or maybe you have a, an internal accountant that you can supply them with. Has there been any changes in conversations with, with with things like that due to the way that limited businesses are at the moment? Are they still thinking they're going to put them in a limited business? Are they putting them in their own name? Are they putting them through their company? Has that been any change at all recently? Or oh, all I'll be same? I'll be
1: honest, not really. No. Um, buying in a buying in a company name. Uh, is the wise way to buy, depending what strategy you're looking at. But if you're if you're if you're building if you're building a portfolio that you're going to hold hold for a period of time, yeah. um, then the company um, limited company is the right one. Um, if you're going to potentially pass it down to um, children um, or do other creative things with them, then you can create a trust of a limited company. Um, but you obviously want to be seeing a good property accountant for that. Yeah. Um, and I think accountants have really, again, tailored around what the investor needs. So it's important they have a good accountant. We also work with good solicitors that understand property developing and investing and being investors themselves um, and financial advisors as well. We're a sort of one stop shop. But um, one thing that I've learned over the years is we don't force any of our services upon people. Um, we let people make their own minds up. So if people want to work with an estate agent's legal team or um, finance team then that's fine too. Mm-hmm. I think it's just about offering that offering those solutions, sharing your own USPs and reasons why and then letting that person investor or client make their make their own mind up. So we we yes we offer everything in house, but it's up to the client where 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 he feels most familiar. Yeah. If that makes sense.
2: So we've seen the demographic of our landlords change in the short period that we've been running <clears throat> avocado it's become very much a lot of tradespeople are buying properties a lot of people who run small businesses are buying property to rent out through us where where do you see it going where who are your landlords who are the people who are contacting you
1: yeah well we that's a good question <clears throat> i think it's dangerous because um, a lot. There There are a lot of one off investors out there or investors starting to get into it. There are a lot of investors that are in trades doing it because obviously they can do the work themselves. The problem with that can lie in um, there. There are only two two cogs in what really is a 10 cog family or a 10 cog network. Um, and what I mean by that is you need to go out before you invest and you need to find the the right trades. If you're already a trades brilliant, then you need to go out and find the right solicitors, the right accountants, the right finance people, the right agents to work with, sources. Um, You need to understand property investing yourself. There are a lot of uneducated investors out there which are building the market on the surface, but not behind the surface, because they only get to one or two, then their mistakes will shine through. They could potentially lose money or they'll lose their confidence and won't go again. So. I'm looking for the investors that are in it long term. I'm looking for the investors that realize it's a get rich over time scheme, not get rich quick scheme. Um, And they want to actually come and be educated by me. They want to come and be educated by the agents we work with and the power team that we work with. Um, And if they want to be educated, they appreciate what we do more. Um, They're going to be in it long term. Um, And we're really looking for those type of investors who are looking to build a portfolio portfolio. Um, over the next 10 years so we deal with a lot of people that have sold businesses um, doctors dentists um, people that are very busy in their day-to-day businesses that potentially haven't got the time Mm -hmm. to do it properly so they want to learn some of the some of it along the way but they don't want to take risks We, we we eliminate risks and we work with them to build their portfolio so people probably with money but not time that's probably my perfect client because they really appreciate the process of what we do from sourcing the property, to transferring it, developing it, renovating it, seeing the potential, um, and then obviously being able to manage it, resell it or develop it at at the end as well.
0: I always draw a grid out for, well, for, for many things, but when I'm doing marketing or when I'm talking to potentially an investor or a seller, but I always draw a grid out and look at kind of the return on investment for things that take a lot of your time but potentially are free or, or don't cost a lot of money or something that you can do that actually doesn't take a lot of time. And normally you find the complement to each is, if it takes a lot of time, it's normally cheaper. And if it's very quick and it doesn't take a lot of time, it's normally more expensive. Yeah. And the people that want the best of both worlds is normally not the ideal client for people like us that like to work with logical people. But for you, your ideal client sits in that quadrant of, I'm gonna take your time convenience for you so that you can pursue your main career and you can live your family life and stuff like that. You'll pay a little bit more, but you're gonna get your time back. So you're buying your time, aren't you, I guess, when you're dealing with something you, you, like yourself?
1: You are, you're right. You're buying your time, you're eliminating risk, you're eliminating mistakes because we've made the mistakes. We've been doing this over 25 years. yeah. Um, and even you know, with our education, our understanding of the property market, we've made mistakes. But I'd like to think we're in a position now where we we don't make mistakes because we ensure our clients make their money when they buy and if you buy wise if you buy clever if you know what you're doing from the beginning you've got a plan a b and c it's all it's probably harder to make mistakes than it is to to it's, it's probably harder to make mistakes to be yeah. honest with you so yeah. we eliminate that risk we we, t- we give them their time back um, and we provide them with the best investments that they can be proud of in the uk and they have the peace of mind that they're delivering the best accommodation to tenants as well. So yeah. people are really proud when they invest with us. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, It's not just about the money. It's about ethically investing. And that's the difference in today's investors.
0: Yeah, having something <clears throat> as a landlord you're proud to show off to your neighbours, your families, is, is a really nice feeling at the end of it. Because you want to buy something, you want to have the product that you go, look at this and show off an amazing property a co-living property or or whatever it may be but actually you don't want to be embarrassed about your rental assets. no it? it's,
2: it's tough to be a landlord right no mm. one actually wants to put their hand up and say "Yeah, i'm a buy to let landlord at the moment mm. one of our biggest portfolio investors i i invited him on the podcast and he said do you know what to be honest i don't want to put my head above the parapet yeah. and say <coughs> i own a portfolio of properties because it seems the way it's it, it could be seen as vulgar
0: mm
2: in in that sense so the ethical investing side of things is is a real change from kind of that 90s 2000s impression of a fat white man driving a bentley to a tumble down dump of a house and to collect people's money right
1: 100 percent. you know most of my investors you wouldn't know they're wealthy yeah that's the type of people we're working with you wouldn't know they're wealthy and that's how you know they're doing it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. Um, and it goes back to what we said earlier um, about a, win situ- a win-win situation for the seller, for the investor and for the tenant. And these are the sort of people we want to be working with. I remember when I first saw such a big gap in the market when uh, I think it was 2018 um, when it went mental, because um, the legislation for co-living, HMOs and property development changed. And all of a sudden... we. I loved it because the government are almost forcing people to be ethical investors. And obviously, the limited company, there's loads of benefits, but it also enables the government, again, to keep an eye and ensure people are ethically invested. Yeah. Um, and there were so many landlords, I think 5,000 HMOs in Reading, just to name an area. Um, there was 1,100 that were licensed. And that sort of tells you the big problem um, out there.
0: Um, over, at, over 75% of them were, were not licensed yeah
1: uh, that's madness isn't it yeah. absolutely mad but it's a yeah. fact and they're still Reading Council is still trying to catch up now uh, and they introduced Article 4 and it's still not under control so I think slowly but surely um, the government the councils want to want to encourage ethical investing but I think we're ahead of the curve mm-hmm. I think what we're doing now won't be normal for another 10 years.
0: So a little bit of a curveball, one then for all of us sat around here, cause I always like to throw one little grenade onto the table. But what do we think is the next big thing we've invested? I've been talking a lot on socials about, if you look at things like crypto and NFT and this Forex trading, and even the stock market as we know it, if we look at all of those, they've been so unstable over the pandemic period, whereas property has been quite stable. But what's the the next big thing? If we break it down, is it something in property? Is it something next? What are people talking about? You're obviously dealing with people that are interested in investing money in all sorts of areas. But is there something that maybe is looking on the radar as the next big thing?
1: Well, I've been working quite hard on, on building my own market. And I'll go into a bit more detail in a minute. But property is guaranteed. And when I say guaranteed, I don't say that lightly. But people are living longer. People are having more children in this country. <clears throat> more and more people are moving to this country, and there simply isn't enough housing. Mm. So, if we just stop there, that tells you that how the, the property market's investing—it's going nowhere. It's only going to get bigger and better. The lettings market's shown that. Um, so, for me, why 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 go out go out and look for something that doesn't need to be found? Why take a risk? Why take a risk? Um, but for me, it's evolving the property market. Um, we've created our own market, if you like. Um, I don't like the word HMOs. I know we've got to we're going to have a chat about that another day. But co-living for me is all about encouraging people to live in better accommodation, in better areas, together in a group. You know, we we spotted that when pe- coming out of COVID, people didn't want to live on their own anymore. And when you look at the areas, affluent areas around Berkshire and Surrey, people are paying. 1100, 1200, 1300 pounds for one bedroom apartments that are in average condition. And if that's what they want, good for them. It's, you know, I'm not saying it's not valued, but what I am saying is if you could then move into a property with four other like minded people that has a cinema room, that has luxury bathrooms, en suites, a luxury kitchen, and you're surrounded by four like minded people that you actually would get on with and almost create a family, a friendship with. Why wouldn't you do that? So I thought, forget HMOs. I said, let's let's go let's go and tackle the one and two bedroom apartment market, um, and that's where our competition comes from. So we're creating incredible co living developments, um, which can accommodate these people, professionals possibly not all the time, um, people that perhaps have come out of relationships. Um, people that are lonely, people people that are busy. Um, and we create incredible accommodation um, with desks and um, offices off their bedrooms, on suites, um, incredible accommodation, like I said, cinema rooms. And we have fun with it. We theme them. Um, so for me, sometimes it's about not taking too much of a risk, but just evolving where we are today with the property market. Property yeah. markets go nowhere. So what can we do differently? What can we do to stand out from the competition? And I think co living, if understood properly, um, could could be the answer to that question here. So,
0: property over digital monkey prints via NFT currency. Do you reckon, Mike?
2: I never bought a digital monkey print. I always saw the I always saw the hole in that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, why do I want a picture of something that everybody else can have and I own absolutely nothing of, but say I own it for the benefit of saying I own it when everyone else can have it. That never made any sense. Yeah. And I'm quite glad that um, what's his Logan or, or what's his name? Paul bought one for $630,000 and it's now worth a tenner. I'm actually a little bit glad about that. it has
0: got to be some money laundering in there somewhere. <laughs> 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 well, what,
1: one of my mentors actually got into NFT and I, I, it's, it's just not something for me. And I, I think these things are great if you've got unlimited amount of monies to burn and yeah. take risks, yeah. Yeah. but... The average investor hasn't and the average investor cannot take those risks. Um, But I think if you look back on everything, apart from stocks and shares, um, unless you got in at the beginning, unless you had an element of luck because you were willing to take that risk, Mm -hmm. um, there's there's, there's not a more stable investment foundation than property. Um, I'd argue that with anyone.
0: I think it's a, a perfect way to summarise our outlook on property as well. It, it's the safe place to go. Don't listen to the media. Talk to the experts. Talk to the people that are doing it, not writing about it. And that's always the best way to take it. What's the best places for people that are listening or watching to get in contact with you, Pete?
1: Yeah. As I said earlier, we we try and reach out to anybody. We like helping people. So even if we don't, can't work with you, we will help you. If we can, we we'll put you in the right direction. Um, connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. Um, go to uh, any of our websites, Google us. Um, but yeah, make an effort. I like people to make an effort to find out where I am. If they've made an effort to find out where I am, then they're probably someone I want to work with.
0: Yeah, love that. And we'll, we'll help you a little bit on that because we'll put a lot of the links in the show notes um, so that you can work your way through. And we mentioned about the co-living element of things. There is a podcast repeat coming out talking about the difference between stereotypical HMOs and co living. So, if you subscribe, you'll get a notification when that comes out in the next week or two. And if you want to see one of Pete's most recent properties that he's done for one of his clients, or Andy, the avocado lettings director, recently went down to have a chat with you about that. And we'll put that YouTube video in the show notes as well. So, you can actually watch that and check it out um, because that's a pretty awesome video that shows off exactly what you're doing at the moment. So, Pete, thank you very much as ever for joining us. It's good Pleasure. to have you back on the show.
1: Always awesome. Thank you, guys.
0: I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords could land on where they're not being sold something. I mean it would be the
2: first time any estate agent's ever asked that question but why not ask that question to a wider
0: audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio.
2: The rules change every year yeah. but why not just open the floor out and just say well is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's
1: changed, capital gains tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. people don't realise what they need to prepare for.
0: We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.